Today's gospel has one of Jesus' great one-liners. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. And we can see at face value how clever this was to get out of the trap that was trying to be set for Jesus. But there's actually another level to what Jesus said, that if we know what a denarius is and what it looks like, is even more genius than what we first hear. So we see how they're trying to trap him because if he says, pay the emperor, then all the Jewish people are going to be upset because the Romans are their enemies. And if he says, don't pay the emperor, then all the Romans and the emperor will be upset with Jesus. And so he gets out of the trap by saying, give to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. But when Jesus asks them, show me the image and the title that's on the denarius, the image is the face of Caesar. And the time of Jesus, Caesar was the emperor Tiberius. Tiberius was the son of Augustus. Augustus gave himself the name God. On the coin, Tiberius had son of God. And so the Herodians and the disciples of the Pharisees brought a graven image with the title Son of God on it into the temple. And so they were willing to compromise their own commandments for the sake of trying to trap Jesus. And Jesus cleverly points it out to them without accusing them or making a judgment on them and gives us this great one-liner. But what the Herodians and the disciples of the Pharisees show us is that in living a life of faith, there is this tension that we live in between the things that are God's and the things that are Caesar's or the things that are of the world. And as Christians, we have a particularly unique approach to that. That we don't just run away from the world so that we can be with God. We have religious that are in monasteries that show us that way of life, but it's not the demand of every Christian person to run away from the world. But at the same time, while living in and amongst the world, we're called to speak and act and live differently than what the world says is right and just. And so the challenge for us is to know what actually belongs to God and do I live as if it belongs to God and what doesn't belong to God that I let go of. I'll give you two examples where in society in general, we've taken things that belong to God and we've taken them for our own. The first one is the idea of freedom. If you go to the definition of freedom, it is the ability to do what I want without restraint. This is the general understanding of what it means to be free. I am free when I can choose to speak and act in the ways that I want to when I want to. This is not Christian. Freedom is a gift from God. Free will is inscribed into our nature by the way that God has made us in his image and likeness. And we know from Christ that truth sets us free. And Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And so for a Christian, freedom is tied to knowing the truth. And the more that my will is in line with the truth, the freer I will become. 
For a Christian, freedom is the freedom to choose the good, not the freedom to do what I want and say what I want when I want to. But when you take this thing that is of God's, of, of God, freedom, free will, and you dissociate it from God, now that gift is tied up in each individual person. And it doesn't take very long, or you don't have to be that studious to see how problematic that becomes when we're trying to live together as a society. Freedom is a gift from God. It belongs to God. And he has entrusted us with it, and we should live and strive to live in that way. Another one is love. The general understanding of what love is is a deep sentiment of attachment to another. This is not the Christian understanding of love. Because for us, God is love. And in this we know love, not that we have loved God, but that he sent his son to set us free from sin. And so when we dissociate love from God, when we hear things like love is love, is love, then what is love? If it's not rooted or founded in anything, then what meaning does it have? If I just ascribe meaning to it in the way that I see fit, then what is the merit of love? It's fleeting, it can come and go, it can be different things for different people, and then what are we striving for? If love doesn't have roots and a foundation, then how am I trying to grow in love? I don't even know what I'm supposed to be growing into. For a Christian, God is love. And the way that love has been revealed to us is through the Son. The number one thing that is eliminated from the general discussion about love around us is sacrifice. For a Christian, sacrifice is at the heart of the expression of love. And when it's dissociated from God, sacrifice is quickly kind of pushed to the side because it's uncomfortable and it's not easy. These are ways that the things that are of God's have been adopted by the world and dissociated from God, and it causes all sorts of problems. Now, sometimes as Christians, what we can also do is we can try to ascribe to Caesar the things that are God's, kind of place expectations on the world that are really not unfair. The way that I hear that and see that most often is with politics. As Christians, should we voice our opinions and our thoughts as what should be done in the public square? Yes. Should we do that more than we do right now? Probably. Should we be concerned when laws are enacted that go against the teachings of the gospel? Yes. But should we shake in fear when Caesar starts making a country to live in that doesn't look very Christian anymore? Should we be enraged to the point of wanting to do something less nice either in words or in actions because the laws do not fit our Christian understanding of the world? No. As Christians, we live in hostile lands all the time. We don't require a government that fits the Christian understanding of the world. Is it better? Yes. Is it necessary? No. We don't have to expect the government that we live under to be Christian. That's the world. They're not God. 
But the expectations that are generally placed because people don't have religion anymore in their life is the government should be as immaculate as Jesus. They should never make a mistake. They should never make laws that affect people untoward because they rule the nation. As Christians, that's not how we view them. That belongs to the world. That's not God's. We are part of that insofar as we bring the things of God into that sphere. Trying to find the balance between those two is part of the struggle in living the Christian life, is knowing what actually belongs to God and living in that way and what belongs to the world that I can either be a part of or that I can't be a part of. So when we look at ourselves and the way that we live our own Christian life, we should ask ourselves from time to time, is the way that I live my life reflective of the fact that I belong to God, that I am a son or daughter of God by baptism, and therefore I belong to him first and foremost, and so does my life reflect that. And you can do that in just simple, practical ways. What does my leisure look like? Does my leisure and the way that I engage in entertainment and pastimes, does it look the exact same as my neighbor who is not Christian? Because if it does, we might be allowing the things that are Caesar's to encroach on what actually belongs to God. Right? Does, does God ever factor in to my leisure time, to my entertainment? If the answer is no, then we should probably question. What do I do with my, my resources, whether that's my talents or my money that I have? Does that reflect the fact that I belong to God. Now, with any one of these things, there's no perfect answer that this is exactly what you're supposed to do when you're a Christian, but we should be asking ourselves the question because we live in that tension between the two. If we never ask ourselves the question and our lives, at least exteriorly, look exactly the same as our neighbors who are not Christian, then what impact does being a Christian have in my life? apart from nice words that give me insight into the human condition, but the Christian life is called to be lived. It's called to be an expression and a witness to Christ and the good news in the world. And so we have to be willing to engage with those questions and probably throughout our entire life, be willing to reevaluate those questions. Does my life properly ascribe to God what belongs to God and giving over to Caesar what is Caesar's and leave it at that. Because the Christian lives in the tension of the two. We don't run away to be monks. We don't just live exactly how everybody else lives. We live in this awkward tension of constantly struggling to know what in my life should be God's first and what is acceptable in the way that I live in the world.